ambushes and snipers, and on really bad days it escalated to veritable carpet bombing of reproaches and suspicions. He did not desert his marriage, something which even his children advised him to do, but he fled to the department as often as he was able and stayed until late in the evening. Sometimes he slept there in a little storage room. Perhaps it was this fact, this absence from home and wife, that was the basis for his success in the medical field. He had Dagmar's quarrelsome and her suspicious nature to thank for his research results and his professorship, and for this belated crowning of his career. The word came late in the morning. Bertram von Ola had just come home from a short walk and was preparing to have a pasta salad, which Agnes had prepared the day before, when the telephone rang. It was Professor Scarp at the Karolinska Institute. Orla had only met him in passing at a few gatherings. For that reason, it was somewhat surprising that after the introduction, he started with the word brother, as if they were members of an order which Orla doubted. Brother, I have the great honour and happiness to report that Professor Emeritus Bertram von Orla has been awarded this year's Nobel Prize in Medicine. Good for him, was the only thing Ola got out, incapable of putting these simple facts together into a coherent sentence. What did you say? asked Scarp. Bertram von Ola. That's me, of course, the thought passing like a projectile through his head. What did you say? he let out like an echo. Professor Scarp left out brother, but otherwise repeated the sentence word for word. When he got no response this time either, other than laboured breathing, he added something to the effect that he understood that this was overwhelming news, not unexpected in any way, but still no doubt difficult to take in immediately. Professor Von Ola, dear colleague, are you all right? Fine, thanks, and I was just about to eat pasta. Now it will have to be something more festive, said Scarp, laughing with relief. I must call my children immediately. I'll have to get back to you. Of course, you can certainly expect an onslaught of phone calls and visits, brother, so perhaps it's wise to notify those closest to you first. As if someone had died, thought Ola. You don't want to hear the motivation? No, thanks. I, I think I understand. If you'll excuse me now. They ended the call and he hurried to the toilet. Now I'm pissing as a Nobel Prize winner, he said out loud, managing to squeeze a few drops from his wrinkled sex. Instead of calling his two sons, both professors, one in Lund, the other in Los Angeles, and his daughter, who was research director at a pharmaceutical company in town, he pulled out the phone jack, quickly shoveled down a little of the pasta, took a few gulps of water and left the house. It was a radiant day, so he found, as he expected, Associate Professor Johansson in his yard. Marching in through the gate and ringing the doorbell would seem too forward. They were not on such good terms with each other. The Associate Professor looked almost happy as he stood with the rake in his hand, surrounded by parallel rows of leaves. The Associate Professor had explained to Ola that leaf raking must be done in a systematic way, 
and he understood now that his neighbour was about to combine the rows into neat small piles. It's a good thing it's not windy, the professor began, but realised at once that this was not a particularly apt remark. I would never rake on a day like that, said the associate professor. No, of course not. The associate professor took a few swipes with the rake. Ola realised that he could not linger too long and decided to get right to the point. A few minutes ago I got some happy news, and I decided to share it with you, first of all. The associate professor looked up. Yes, we are colleagues, after all. We shared a laboratory for many years. We took part in joint projects, shared successes and disappointments— I don't need to remind you of all that, but I'm doing it anyway, on a day like this. The associate professor stopped his work, leant the rake against the trunk of a copper beech, and took a few steps closer to the gate.